I'm already butchering it. Mars Curiosity Rover. The book about the Mars Curiosity Rover in the yes. MSL. And, the um, book about Mars Curiosity, that's right. <laughs> I've now listened to it three and a half times. And on, I've said this to other guests. I was like, normally when I have on a guest, I listen to their book a lot. And I can kind of, you know, I can kind of stumble my way through it. But this is literally like rocket science and space exploration. So this has been the steepest learning curve for me. So as I've said to everyone, everyone who does have an education in this, please be patient with me as I stumble through this interview. But um, I'm going to stop talking already. Mr. Manning, how about you introduce yourself? Thanks, Tommy. Thank you for inviting me to come. It's yes, really sir. fun. I, I love sharing this stuff. I mean, um, I'm paid by, the, uh, by all of you taxpayers. Thank you very much. Happily, happily. For my salary. Um, and uh, uh, and I, I feel it's a real privilege to do what we do at JPL and in NASA. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel it's it's a it's a good thing to share wherever we can, wherever opportunity we can. And the cool thing about Zoom and things like this or these other uh, platforms is that it's much easier to do that. I know. You know it's not. I don't have to travel across country. I, I can just pop in and be be there virtually with all of you and uh and you tommy so yeah. thank you so so my name is rob manning i'm, I'm uh, i've been at jpl uh just un, just under 40 years um jpl is a is the jet propulsion laboratory it's it's in pasadena california it's one of the 10 nasa centers uh and we're we specialize we as we have since its inception back in 1958 uh, uh for for doing an unmanned uh, on uh, uncrewed, it's the proper term today, um, uh, missions that go that to explore outer space. Basically, we started with the first the U.S. the first U.S. Um, spacecraft that was put out there after Sputnik was done by JPL uh, in 1958. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I think early 58 or late early late 50, uh, Yeah, roughly around there. And what happened was, um, we've ever since then we've been sending missions out to look at the planets, um, telescopes, look at the sky. Um, we've we turned our, our equipment back onto Earth, uh, study Earth, the Moon, Ju- uh, uh, Mercury, the Sun, of course Venus, Mars, all the outer planets um, as, as much as we can. And uh, and so it's been really part of a wonderful adventure of opening doors under our understanding of our of our neighborhood and and uh, earth is part of a, a little neighborhood of, of these wonderful little planets and objects and it's a very busy place it's very exciting yeah. and the more we learn about these places the more we learn about our own world so it's really not just not just strictly driven by uh, just raw curiosity which it is to a large extent but it's also driven by our our need to understand our own place in our universe and so i think uh that's something that that um, has driven me and my and my colleagues and friends who've been doing this uh, for a long time and uh, who are very proud and privileged to be able to do this. So it's really it's really a trip. It's it's just it's just it's as cool as it sounds. Yeah, <laughs> I have to say, I feel I'm really blessed to be able to do this. I'm this this is my 12 year old childhood dream come true, and uh, here we are. And here we are. Yeah, it's yeah, and. I remember when I emailed you, and uh, I, this has happened a couple times now, where like, I try to, you know, I never start off on, you know, here are, here are episodes of me and my friends making stupid jokes that aren't worth anyone's time. I always lead off with, you know, the more well-known guest. The one I always lead off with is Mike Durant, the quote-unquote Black Hawk Down guy. 
Brigadier yes. General Spaulding. I, yeah, I always lead off with those. And I remember when you emailed me back, you said, I'm not sure if I'm as interesting as these guests. Why do you want to talk to me? Yeah. And I remember thinking, I was like, I don't think I got the right guy's email. Because I was like, there's no way this is... So I think I said in a, in a, in the same, you know, lesser, lesser words as, with all due respect, sir, you drive RC cars around with a range of 300 million miles. <laughs> there's that's, nothing cooler than that. That's true. And I mean, I, I shouldn't say there's nothing cooler than that, but it is, it is true that it's a real pleasure. And, and, and I think... It, uh, and you know what what interests people about this and for me it comes from there's there is a there's a engineering slant there is a there's an exploration slant there's a science slant there is a there is a you can take you can come at it from all the different angles um there is a human human slant to understand how uh, how you know what does it take for humans to be able to do all this stuff as there's a part about you know how does this lead to you know uh, the possibility of humans exploring it in person, mm-hmm. and um, and so so there's all these different angles to come at, and I, I'm willing to talk about all of them, but they're they are really interesting, and 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 they're uh, and there's a lot to it. Um, my my focus is I'm JPL's chief engineer. Um, I, I was um, I've been uh, I've been involved in many many missions, including uh, uh, before we. Uh, uh, before I worked on Mars stuff, I worked on uh, 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 missions to Saturn, Jupiter, Venus, uh, and then I got involved in uh, early on with uh, with uh, first of all my first Mars mission was Mars Pathfinder, which mm-hmm. was the our first attempt to land a little tiny rover and a lander. The rover is about this big. Her name was Sojourner Truth, mm-hmm. Sojourner Rover, and uh, named after Sojourner Truth, uh, and. Our uh, we proved to ourselves and the world that we knew how to to land on Mars and, and explore uh, a planet for the first time with wheels. Yeah. And so that really was a bit of an RC car. But you know, unlike an RC car where you can control it, we've got a little problem in that yeah. Mars is is uh, uh, you know as far as you know twenty minutes away, one way light time. Yeah. So there, and what's more, the power these radios require to talk is so great. Um, we can't do it. In fact, the, radio, the little rover didn't have a radio to talk to Earth. It had to talk to our lander, which had a radio and solar panels to talk to Earth. Yeah. Uh, and even that radio can only be on for a few hours a day. Uh, otherwise, the battery would be discharged. So, so it was these vehicles had to be autonomous, robotic missions that did, you know, followed high-level instructions in a script we would mail to them the morning they yes, woke up. Yes, yes. And so, so that's how we thought of it, and uh, and that's been the sort of the the model we've used for all of our missions that landed on Mars. So, I, so I've been able. So I was so I did that. I was in charge of the, the I was chief engineer for the lander, um, worked with the rover team, but also responsible for entry descent landing. Uh, and I and I, I kind of reprised a similar kind of role on, on Spirit and Opportunity rovers, and then I led chief engineer for. For curiosity and uh, and I've done other things in between, so it's been uh, a real thrill. But now I'm now I'm chief engineer for the whole laboratory, which has many projects that are going on, not just Mars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got we're developing mission that's going to go around Jupiter, that's going to be looking swinging very close by multiple times uh, to Europa, which yeah. is this little moon, yeah, small, very small moon, um, um, uh, and it's. But this little tiny moon, we're, we're almost 100% confident, has two to three times as much water yeah. on that little moon than there is on all of our planet. 
how can that possibly be? The outside is is like this hard you know, shell of of cracked ice, yeah. and that's very very thick. We'd like to know how thick it is. Yeah. And and underneath that, there's this fantastic ocean that completely goes around this the globe of this little world. And inside that is a rocky center. So so uh, it's a great place to go ice fishing, I suspect. <laughs> um, we don't know. We would love to know. Because, yeah. you know, this is so cool. Yeah. It's, we, and I, we can talk about this later, but, but I would love to. Let's go into it now. That, you know, well, there's, there's, a, there's a sense that, you know, you know, we, we we are we are especially at JPL. We are concerned. We do we we study the Earth. We study the changes on our planet. We've looked. We're able to look through through the geological record, uh, and um, for of 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 time to look to see how the Earth has evolved with time. Uh, we've 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 watched um, this planet change enormously enormously, especially in the last twenty some years. Mm-hmm. Um, we're monitoring things like, for example, the ice loss of Greenland and Antarctica from space. We're watching the changing climate and temperature. Um, and there's a lot of changes going on here. Um, we're, we're worried about, you know, how does how do how do these these millions of species survive these changes? And so they're really concerned about extinction and things of that sort, because this is a big deal, very big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we, we, we do know something, you know, historically life survives individual yes. species may not survive yes. but life itself is incredibly tenacious yes it just hangs on there if there is a will there's a way and if there's a way there's a life seems to have a will to make it happen oh, yeah. and so um uh, and we're finding for example this masses of you, my answer is what do you think what area of this planet would you go to to find the most life by weight by weight yeah, would you go to? I would say land masses I would in say, the air. I would say Amazon rainforest soil and, or and, thermal vents in oceans. Thermal vents in oceans. That's you're you're, you're close. Uh, it turns out, it, and it's not fish. It's not all the whales, all the fish. It's not all the land animals. If you add up all the mass of all the animals on the surface of the earth, in the air, in the water, it probably does not add up to all the mass of life that lives below your feet and below the bottoms of the ocean, deep in underground in rock. Really? Did you, did you yeah. So individual, we're talking about tiny microscopic organisms, right? Very tiny ones. You need a, you need a microscope to see them. Uh, but they, but they, they're in, they're discovering that they're in huge amounts and they're up to you know, a kilometer below the surface. And since that air volume of space is so large, the vo- the total mass is ma- unbelievably massive. Yeah. Life has, and how long has that life been there? Probably for Billion. hundreds of millions, billions of years, probably. Um, so you know, and so we look at, we, so we look at our these, our planets. We look at the, the the we've studied the history of our of our own planet as well as um, the other planets and how they evolve with the sun. And it's it's been really st- stunning. I mean, we all grew up together. All of us, all the planets, mm-hmm. grew up together uh, four four billion years ago or so. And and that 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 in uh, uh, each in each because we, there was inter- they were interacting, they were bumping into each other. Um, there was a, a we believe a Mars sized mm-hmm. planet slammed into Earth. 
and you may have heard about that. So, you know, we, we, we went around then, thankfully, it would have been a bad day, um, and um, created this incredible mass of debris, which of mostly made up of, the, of Earth stuff thrown up into space uh, because the Mars-sized object went into the Earth. <laughs> um, and and leading to this, this leading to a giant molten ring hmm. of rock. Imagine a molten ring, glowing hot ring of rock that's out in space, which finally coalesced into our moon. Ah. And so our moon, one of the shocks that we had when we sent astronauts and brought back rocks from the moon, was that, wow, these rocks have the same elemental composition spectrum of Earth rock. What are the odds of that? <laughs> How weird. And so over time, we realized that this, that we're, that in some sense, Earth has been blessed by having this moon because it's kept our planet active. Turning. The plate plate yeah. tectonics, the motions of the, yeah. of the continents moving, the subduction, bringing, taking uh, trillions of tons of, of, of um, uh, plankton shells that um, – uh, they're, 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 they pull carbon out of the air, mm-hmm. p- drop them down to the bottom of the ocean. They get subducted, pulled down into the earth, rotates and gets shot back out again in volcanoes over the course of millions of years. Yeah. And so this, this, is, and then we have the moon to thank for that. Yeah. And so we're a very lucky little planet uh, to have this. This, in fact, if you, if you were a, if you were lived in another solar system and looked back in a telescope and you looked back at Earth, you wouldn't call you wouldn't say there's Earth here. You would say there's a binary yes. planet. Yes. Right. There's two of us right next to the Moon and the Earth because their Moon is pretty big. So we're we're uh, uh, we're a very lucky place. And this, so the question is, so so first of all, what was going on about then? That you know that was very early on, but the the uh, not long after that. Um, Mars was starting to get its act together mm-hmm. and was starting to get um, a little bit more. It was cooling after the after the initial bombardment it was cooling down, um, and, it, and so there's a there's a good there's a really good possibility that Mars had this conditions very analogous because mm-hmm. it had water. Seems to seems we've seen that we now have evidence from our orbiters and landers and rovers that that Mars was once indeed a wet, warm place. So maybe life existed. Maybe life got started on Mars the same time they got started here. If not, why not? Yeah. Um, and so, so the, the, how the, the single cell, how single cell organisms were born, how they were, how 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 they were, uh, uh, where they find where they find places that are safe to live, um, is something we study. And and particularly, you know, we, we, especially when we go to Mars. We asked ourselves, where would we find life if we found if you look for it there? And certainly, the surface of Mars turns out to be a very inhospitable place because the Mars does not have a moon, so it doesn't have internal tectonics, which means it doesn't have a magnetic field of any substance. Which means that magnetic field, which acts as a force field, yeah. like we have on this planet, to deflect these particles from the sun. Right? They, these particles come. Charged particles from the sun and from galactic cosmic rays come streaming at our little planet, and they hit our magnetic field, and they start curling. Mm-hmm. They do this um, uh, QB cross B kind of a thing action where they they just basically coil themselves up, and the, as the as the field lines get t- tighter and tighter, they turn around and they take off in the other direction, so they never make it to the surface. So so we we are protected with this for- really cool force field. Thank you, Mr. Moon. Thank you, Moon. And. And and on top of that, because we have life on this planet, we have oxygen. Mm-hmm. 
And because we have oxygen, the oxygen raises to the upper atmosphere, interacts with the ultraviolet light from the sun, and it converts that oxygen in from O2 into O3, which mm -hmm. is ozone. Mm -hmm. And although we don't like ozone down in our cities, because it's not good for our lungs, it's very reactive, it's very good at blocking ultraviolet light. So we have a little shell, we have some sunglasses that go all around <laughs> the planet called ozone, which is like a pair of not decent UV sunglasses that knock the UV radiation down. So now life on this planet is like, hey, we're protected from these bombarding particles from the sun. We're protected from ultra, uh, harmful uh, uh, ultraviolet light um, from the ozone. This is a great place to live. It's like, yeah, it's not, someone banked this little house for us. Little this paradise. is nice. And, and, uh, I, no, that didn't happen on Mars. At least, this, not anymore. There's no. There's never. As far as we know, there's never been oxygen. Mm -hmm. We don't know for sure, but there doesn't appear to be sufficient oxygen to produce ozone layer. Um, but it doesn't mean that life couldn't form underground. And so, because uh, the underground can make similar kinds of protections for 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 organisms to to live and thrive um, away from the harmful ultraviolet light and the, and the cosmic rays. And solar and solar uh, particles that stream in, uh, into, onto the surface. Yeah. So, so, so ask yourself what? So, maybe Mars. So Mars is a wet world when the Earth was actually kind of still getting its act together. Maybe life got started there. With another thing we've learned is that life can travel back mm -hmm. and forth. Mm -hmm. That's kind of interesting. How can that? We don't know. We've never caught life in the act of doing that. Yeah. So we don't know. But uh, though we do know one thing, we do know that Earth rock has been to Mars, and Mars rock has certainly been to Earth. In yes. fact, you, we've got plenty of it. Mm -hmm. um, not plenty of it, but um, if you happen to find one, uh, keep it. Um, it's pretty, uh, you might want to donate it to a, to a, to a researcher. <laughs> Though they are, they're pretty expensive on eBay. Um, but um, the, 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 the Mars rocks have landed on Earth. They got off of Mars because a meteor mm -hmm. hit, large meteor impact hits Mars. It threw into, into space. That rock floats around around in this orbit around the sun uh, for a few million years until it bumps into Earth, and then and then lands on Earth, and for someone to come back and pick it up later. And so we've seen found rocks that are guaranteed to be from Mars, and we know that because when you open these rocks up and sniff the gas that's inside, that gas has the same um, fraction of atoms. Mm -hmm. Uh, that that are you that's unique to Mars's atmosphere, and the kind of absence, basically the isotopes of of uh, carbon, uh, carbon and oxygen, carbon dioxide, which is trapped in the inside the rock itself. So we know that's from, they're from Mars. So it, it turns out Mars is, uh, Mars and Earth are pretty close together, and there's a little freeway that goes back and forth, sending yeah. these little rocks back and forth, yeah. and these little single organisms are hitching a ride. The question is, when they land, do they find a nice hotel to stay at? Yeah. Um, and and I, we don't really know whether they can survive once they get there. We, we think they can survive the landing, which is pretty rough, gets pretty hot, but the outer shell, but the inside stays relatively cool, doesn't quite cook them. And so, you know, maybe so. And maybe Earth life um, has seeded, for example, all the planets, yeah. including, the, including, the, including Europa. Yeah. You know, if, you know, if we go there and we find Earth life, Earth life, Earth like life in terms of of uh, uh, its its DNA structure, um, uh, its its chirality, the handedness yeah, of the mo yeah. molecules, okay. right? Yeah, and we find that we have to, have to ask yourself: Is that something that nature just does, yes. and it happened to happen in parallel, or did 
Earth life travel there, or did or did life travel from there to here? <laughs> maybe we're not terrestrial. Maybe we're Martians. I think that'd be kind of cool. Or maybe I we're extrasolar. Some, sometimes I feel like a Martian. Sometimes <laughs> that's well, that's that's the most interesting part of your book is beginning. So you say, did we seed Mars, or did Mars seed us? And it's exactly is that just yeah? Because it it starts to get you know, well, is that really Mars life if it comes from Earth? But that might be as natural a process as you know, uh, you know plants blowing their seeds into the wind it might be that natural yes and it, so th this idea of things moving around is called panspermia mm -hmm. um i i'm skeptical that that it goes clear across in between planets between solar systems so but i do think that there is a natural um it, i think it's not hard for life to get started uh as we think it is um uh, it, or it doesn't take us long, not, uh, that much time to get started. You need a lot of conditions to maintain it, to keep it going for billions of years. And having a moon doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, but because of all these discoveries, I'm understanding about the, the ubiquity of life, the tenacity of life, um, the structure of life, this, 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 the, the, the diversity of habitats for places to live um, uh, out there, and, and the discovery of planets around other solar systems. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's it's really stunning that that our our uh, uh, our view, science, the scientific view now, that is that we really are. Um, it, life is probably ubiquitous out Swear. there. Yeah. Um, when I say we say life, we don't necessarily mean uh, opposable thoughts, uh, yeah. eyes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We don't necessarily mean people we can talk to. Sure. Um, um, in fact, the, it's, it's complex life forms. You know, we're, we're, you know, it's it's kind of it seems it seems like derogatory to say this, but it's not. Our bodies are giant walking colonies of, of cells. Yeah, yeah, right. We are we each one of us. Yeah, and we think of ourselves as a unity, yeah. as a I'm, single us. I'm me. No, I'm it's me. All your but, gut, your yeah, but, right. But all, but we are really um, this coordinated um, uh, uh, colony of cells that are trying to keep going and trying to reproduce themselves trying to survive in order to maintain the the, the incredible um, pattern of survival that life has established over billions of years ago and um, we have this wonderful brain that has constructed uh, uh it helps construct a worldview that's the that puts us as an object in its mind's eye and allows us to see the world and make models of the world in our heads to see to see things just to try to make sense of the world so we can survive. And so we're very good at it. But those that that particular model may not be that common. Yeah. Um, it may be something much simple. I do think that multicellular smart colonies are not uncommon. Mm -hmm. But whether or not that they will they build um, they. Uh, uh, create internets and uh, uh, social networks and Zoom and, and uh, or <laughs> and other podcasts. Uh, yes, or spacecraft. Yeah, yeah. That's a different matter. And so I think uh, so. And, and it may not last. Those things may not last very long. You know, it's not clear that that uh, uh, that us as as a stable species is 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 in the cards. You know, yeah. it, it, we're, we seem to be very good at um, gobbling up. Uh, nature's resources and we, and we were up, so yeah. lucky you know a couple hundred years ago to discover this incredible reservoir 
of energy yeah. that's just had our name on it, yeah. a gift from God, yeah. right there underground just with our name on it. It's just for us. We just pump it out of the ground. <laughs> Drive around. We find it, put it in our cars, and off Woo. we go. Yes. And so, uh, so we're, you know, unfortunately, we're using it up very quickly and it's having some adverse consequences. But uh, anyway, so that, that, those are, uh, that that's the world I live in, you know. So, but but my job really is really just to make the machines work, make us succeed at getting to the science, be able to reach in and learn these things about our world, hmm. and and uh, uh, it's it's a real thrill to be part of this massive team of people who can who can pull these things off, you know. And they can actually, you know, it's because there's you know we, we like we like to say, well, you're people say, oh, Rob, you're a rocket scientist. I know, no, there's no such thing as a rocket scientist, you know. You know, I, you know, all we are is just a bunch of people who learn various little disciplines mm-hmm. and we team up to put, see if we can put our, our different skills together and see if we can build something that might work and, and hope across our fingers that we didn't screw up. Um, you know, you've seen us on like landing day, we're all screaming Screen up in. and down. And as you probably noticed my book, you know, the real, the real 99.9 you know, is that, not that. That's, that's not happiness. No, it's yeah. you're seeing is it's deep relief yeah. that we didn't make a mistake. We did it. Um, it's over because because humanity we're good at humanity. Humans are really good at making mistakes. We're, we <laughs> we barely we barely know what we're doing most of the time. Oh, I mean, yeah. we, we, but we struggle. And the great thing about things like science and engineering, um, there there's a, they, we developed the, it's the best human pattern mm-hmm. that we have developed so far. Yeah, that helps us get over our own weaknesses and shortcomings and that in that we we have to acknowledge our personal and human fallibilities in order to pull these things off and so it it, you've got to be humble while you're being bold and audacious at the same time it's like you said in your book you know to even you know, you got to be pretty arrogant to even believe you can land on another planet. That you line do. stuck with me. Or, or an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, fine um, line. And I, that's, <laughs> I think I, I think I have to. I was I've been at JPL something like 13, 14 years when I started Pathfinder. And and it was more like, you guys think we could do this? We're doing think, this? They gave us money? What the heck? And we kept doing like the math. I was like, close the door. They the gave math, us money? Math, this math seems to show that we can do it. Do you think we can? <laughs> It's like winning the lottery. There's no way. There's no well, way so, I got the numbers. Well, but then we build. But then we build it and test it. Now over time, it's like you know, I think we get this to work. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to work. That's crazy enough. How about you? What do you think? Do you think it's going to work? Doing it. I think it's going to work. It. Yeah. So over time, you start like you know what? I guess I get. And it's really not about getting it to work. Yes. It's getting it to not fail. Yes. Two different things. It turns out. When you think about not failing, you spend all your time thinking about why it won't work. Mm. And if you knock one of those off one by one, like a little machete, you knock that one out. Oh, I yeah, think yeah. that one, yeah. that one. Oh, there's another one. Oh, yeah. I get that. Once you get, once you've seen the, all those, all that, all those, uh, all those little goblins are, are knocked down. Um, then you, then you're, then you, you just discover that you're there. Wow. It's, and because because we can't you can't focus on how it how it goes right you can you have to do that a little bit oh i'm sorry you're quite all right i'll stop here a second oh you're good can we pause yeah 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 yeah. i can cut this out take your time yeah i'll, I'll mute it you can go take a call 
No, okay. no, we got it. Okay. You okay. can, can resume. Okay. Um, that's that's beautiful. It's not a. Yeah, it's just you keep knocking away all the others until. All that, that's, that's left standing is that's is a the weird... thing that works, and you have to do that because there are so many ways. I mean, think about. Um, you know, thinking about Curiosity landing on Mars, um, it's got like 79 pyrotechnic events. These are individual yeah. explosives. They're very small. Uh, they go, they bang, they explode, increase, increase, uh, increase a little pressure uh, uh, increase that, that pushes a, it usually mm-hmm. pushes a piston, which causes something to happen. Mm-hmm. Often, for example, a, it will push and cause a, a nut on a, on a, on a, on a bolt yeah. to break open. Yeah. Uh, to and uh, or a, a a guillotine to come along and cut uh, metal or uh, or even electrical cables, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think your mom probably told you not to play with elect- with knives around your, the electrical cables. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Don't do that. Yeah. So we have to be careful when we cut our cables. By the way, I yeah. mean so. But there's all these things that could go wrong. Yeah. You know what? You know. Um, uh, you know, people. Uh, um, you know, we this. We, we, my teammates and I developed this, this sky crane idea mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, after the airbag bouncing landings, and the the uh, you know, it was not it was not like oh here's here's the best solution. No, it was the least unsatisfactory way to land a mm-hmm. rover that size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's another, it's you have to kind of like turn it around. Like oh this this is it doesn't sound like a big you know, the least unsatisfactory. That sounds like you're you're docking it. You yeah. Know? It, it, but no, but no you, you, there are no perfect ways and uh, foolproof ways to do anything. Especially since we've only been exploring these planets for a relatively small number of years uh, in the in the grand scheme of things, and there's not been that many missions to to the surface of Mars. And uh, um, most of them have some patterns we, and we've gotten actually good at it. Yeah. to be honest with you, yeah. we're better at, I'll knock on wood. Yeah. I shouldn't say that because we got one mission, mission on its way yeah. Yeah. to Mars right now. And I, I think that, that we've got good at the pattern of what we need to do, whether or not that's necessary. I mean, I believe that's necessary, but whether that's sufficient to, to assure a safe landing of a billions of dollar mission, one, $2 billion mission is I think, you know, I have no idea. I mean, uh, you know, people ask me, Rob, um, what's the probability of landing? And I go, I don't know. None of us do. All we know is that we can't find a reason, which we already spent all our time trying to find reasons why it won't work and, and, and try to fix those. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what's left, again, is unknown as to whether or not we're good enough as human beings to, to foresee all possible outcomes, mm-hmm. and uh, including our own shortcomings, our own mistakes. You know, all it takes is one, you know, one case where somebody um, mistorqued, over-torqued a connector, a, a, cape, a, a bolt, mm-hmm. or not, and they didn't know they broke, breaking the, the, the bolt, and the bolt's sitting there right now, breaking it, broken in space, and as soon as we get there, the parachute's going to fall off, yeah. you know, something like that when the parachute inflates. Yeah. So, no, who knows? Yeah, it's, that's such an odd, yeah, I never would have thought of that. That's, to, that's actually a parallel to... What surprised me the most about, not to go back to it, was Mike Durant in his book about being captured. Is the thing that yes. stuck out to me was, in my mind, I was thinking he's part of the 160th SOAR, which is like the Special Forces of Helicopters. And I'm like, oh, this is, you know, focus on success, you know, don't lose the light. 
he said the th- only only thing that got him through it was was focusing on failure was acknowledging that he'll never see his family again and because of that he couldn't let himself down and that blew my mind and it's kind of in a weird way it's what you're saying you're like it's not that we choose the thing that works i mean it's a lot it's natural selection we just kill off everything that doesn't work and finally you know the giraffe might not be the best but hey it's the one that's still here and it's you know it's our beak of the finch right? right galapagos islands it's exactly it's whatever and it's whatever makes it makes it work yeah and uh uh, and I, I think that's something that that you know we have to recognize as human beings is that it, it takes a lot of work to get things to work. Yeah. Um, and, we, and when we when we focus on destructive activity where we where we tear things down because mm. we don't like it or it's 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 just you know it, the amount of it's energy and time people put in to make things happen. So what's so great about being an engineer is that you're you're paid to construct a better something. Yes. At least, hopefully, yes. Um, uh, some not everyone's paid to do that. Of course, some people are just paid to be to to destroy, yeah, or to, to so for as a, for defense. Uh-huh. But but I definitely think that you know it's, the bulk of engineering is about trying to make something better. Um, you know, sometimes better is defined as making you know making uh, more uh, more profit for the for the for the uh, shareholder. Yeah. But it, but 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 we're very lucky at JPL that, that our, you are our shareholders. Yeah. And we're trying to understand put ourselves in the context of our of our of our world and our universe and to understand the context and learn about us. I mean, think about this. We learned you no, know, it was it was uh, I don't know if you know this back in the 1980s we were developing uh, the Venus orbital uh, uh, VOIR. It's the Venus orbiter uh, I can't remember the acronym, but it was a it was a it was a spacecraft to, to look at um, to put a radar around Venus to see what was underneath that big cloud deck. So Venus mm-hmm. has got this massively thick cloud deck that the bottom of that thick atmosphere is ninety times the pressure of our Earth atmosphere. Um, it's, that atmosphere has got, and what's more, upper layers of the atmosphere is got sulfuric acid floating mm-hmm. in the atmosphere yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. a great place to hang out yeah um and it, oh by the way it will melt tin <laughs> on the surface <laughs> so you land a vehicle there it'll be not last long before it melts um so it's it, it's a terrible place to go um but we wanted to find out more about it um by mapping the surface so we sent a radar around it and um in the process of doing that we were studying it and we were trying to understand um, um first of all we were trying to understand you know what why is it so hot? Why you know it's close to the sun, but that's not the whole reason. It turns out, um, sunlight goes inside and doesn't bounce back out again. And he said, "Oh, that's just like a greenhouse. We should call that the greenhouse effect." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, of course, that wouldn't happen on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Wink, wink. Would it? Nudge, nudge. No, no, no. It's just oh, that couldn't happen. You know, we don't have okay. greenhouse the gases like that. And then we discovered later on that was not quite true. But in the process of studying Venus, we learned that. At the okay. same time, so we sent this this vehicle around and, and and got this wonderful global map of this whole topology. We got we saw the mountains, volcanoes, right through the clouds. We saw the whole planet, and people said, "Wow, that's fantastic! How does it compare with Earth's global map?" There is no global map at that time. Like, no, we've not. Yeah, we've done it for Venus, but we've not done it for planet Earth yet. I didn't and know that. Said, and people said, "What? We mapped so, well, Venus we, before Earth?" Correct. Like and so, years, many years later. Um, so, so by, by a decade. And so, our our uh, uh, the, the people in Congress and I said, "Wait a sec, you know, we're how come we don't do this for Earth?" I said, yeah. Well, we're not paid to do it for Earth. We're paid to do it to Venus. Um, 
And, and they said, well, maybe you guys should do it for Earth. <laughs> yeah. And so, because up to that point, um, we the topographic maps we'd done had been measured by um, some of that with aircraft, but a lot of it mostly was done by surveyors mm-hmm. with metal tape and with with, the, with basically large um, tape measures. Um, and they would actually measure things and heights, and they used the lights to, to look up and measure angles and get all the shapes. And so those uh, USGS uh, topographic uh-huh. maps um, were made by combination of aircraft, uh, uh, stereo imagery, and and uh, and p- people measuring. But that didn't cover the whole planet, yeah. ha- but hardly, because that's a very, very labor-intensive effort. So so when we finally sit, they said, let's just do the whole planet, at, at you know at, at sub meter resolution let's let's um let's do it so we put a massive antenna inside the belly of the space shuttle and put a big boom out there with a transmit antenna a receiver antenna a big 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 bag a big flat um uh, piece of metal a receiving antenna and fly it upside down and fly it over earth for a couple of weeks and see if we can get map earth and we did and and it took um, so this so this radar mapping system it took us about a year to to process all that data at JPL uh, that we collected over a two week mission in 2002 and within within a year right by 2003 2004 we were able to put out to the world a full digital three dimensional map which became the basis for Google Earth for example you know so now. Since then, it's been improved enormously yeah. through other means, other satellites and other things. So the resolution's gotten better and better and better. But up until that point, there had never been a satellite-based global topographic map of the planet. Um, but it's only because of our exploration of Jupiter, I mean, of, of Venus. Venus, that allowed us to to see that we developed for planetary work that we realized that we could bump it back and say, hey, this planet could use this too. I mean, pilots could use it. Now you integrate that information with GPS. Now you have you only have smart train avoidance systems on aircraft yeah that's um you can you can you can uh it's 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 completely changed the globe i mean i mean really there are parts of earth that were i we you know left still left in the map up into even to 2000 that said unexplored territory we don't know what the shape of the earth is here literally because no one had looked at it yet you know there are places they're in the in uh, in South America, uh, Himalayas, and parts of China. They're parts of the, um, even part even some parts of Canada and the, and the United States. So that really had not been mapped uh, because because it's just there's just too much area. But doing it from space in this in this very global way with a very powerful radar uh, made all the difference. So things we do things like that. So I'm I'm not at all talking about the, the questions you sent me. Oh, by the way. oh qu- qu- no, no, hey, questions. The questions are suggestions, and uh, they're suggested. What's the word? Scaffolding. That's what I do. Scaffolding. Qu- sure. Su- suggestive scaffolding. It, so, it's, I, yeah. Now, since I, no, we don't no, have no. a lot of time left, um, you should throw me some questions so I don't uh, dominate. Oh no, dude! This has been so perfect because sometimes, more times than not, it is like pulling teeth. You show up with perfect audio. <laughs> And fill in the converse. This is this is the best. I couldn't. This is the new gold standard okay. for what. So oh, no, great. Well, no, thank you. it is. So, you're not dominating. You are so in you, the best possible way. Do you, no. So do you think, or you or your or your audience, do you think there are things that they'd be interested in hearing? Um, uh, I, I I've touched on a lot of different areas, but uh, I can talk a little bit more about what we're doing now. I can talk more about how rovers and Mars. I can say something about um, how how what we're learning about Mars could uh, have an impact on future missions to Mars. Yeah. You know, I know um, 
uh, NASA's working right now on, um, on on competitive selection between various companies who are trying to build a lunar lander mm-hmm. on the moon, uh, and uh, by t- uh, by 2024 uh, timeframe, and uh, uh, it's a really huge effort going on in, all around the country right now. Um, it's a big big effort to build these things and. Uh, um, but but there's then of course Elon Musk and his organizations yeah. and uh, as well as Blue Origins and others are trying to look at you know how do we extend this technology for to taking it to Mars and so that human beings can actually yeah. set foot and and explore Mars uh, and so we so it's a real challenge. Um, uh, uh, there's a lot of things ahead. I mean, the, I, I think one of the challenges we have, one of the downsides of this COVID-19 event is that our financial wherewithal to fund discretionary mm. things like this is going to be put off for a few years, I'm afraid. Um, I think I think our budget um, has been uh, eaten into a lot by the cost of this event. Mm. Um, but that, that aside, I still think there's a, there's a, a there's a, the, 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 all the, all the technical roadblocks for going to Mars and bring for two-way flight. And I recommend two-way. Bringing back samples. People were talking for a while, we're just going to one-way trip. And I go like, and then what? Uh, well, we'll just live there. I go, on what? <laughs> There's no trees. You sound like you can send them across the Atlantic Ocean from Europe and yeah. survive uh, in the woods with a little help from yeah. the Native Americans. Yeah, live um, off the land. And live off the land. There's nothing to live off of. There's water underground you can dig up in various parts of Mars, which is great, by the way. That's big news. That's that's something. But when the biggest problem of Mars is that there's no electricity and there's no trees to burn or coal, and and so you have to you have to bring either solar power with you or nuclear really nuclear power with you mm-hmm. and we have not yet developed the technology for um, a large nuclear power supplies and reactors to send to, to mars and uh, that would help now solar panels work fine um except as we learned i don't know if you remember um uh, opportunity rover died a couple of years ago got the dust all over it right well, you know, the thing is, um, it, it's more than just there was dust, but that, that that's not the reason it died. It wasn't the dust that landed on it. It's just that somebody turned off the lights. It, with the dust storm was so dark. So if you were there at Mars, you would you would need a flashlight to walk around. Uh. The sky was pitch black. So it's, you know, those pictures, those kind of those, those surreal pictures of, 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 of uh-huh. uh, parts of California with these dark fires. It looked a lot like that, which okay. just night, night in, in the middle of the day. And that was true. Unfortunately, that lasted for many, many weeks. And so even if the dust silver panels were perfectly clean, it, the light wouldn't be coming in. So, okay. so, so if you were a Mars during that kind of an event, and only had solar power, you might be in some deep trouble. Yeah. Um, or you, have, you, you might have some big battery backs and fuel cells for emergency use, but you'd have to hunker down for weeks and weeks until the sky started to clear again. Do you, so, but those are rare, fortunately. Do you think that, I've brought this up before, and I got you for five more minutes. I don't I don't let me keep you, because I will keep you hostage. I'll, I keep verbal hostages. I'm terrible about <laughs> okay. it, so I'll try, I'll try to be good. Um, do you think that it kind of seems like you know I'm a I'm a big Elon Musk fan. I, I'm also a Jeff Bezos fan. I don't think there's a need to choose between the two. Um, right. But with Elon Musk, 
isn't it kind of weird that he's also has the boring company right and everyone's well he just wants to in, uh, alleviate traffic in la to me that seems like yeah. he's just trying it out here to see if we can work on mars why not master think, the technology i think i think he's actually i mean he he is a bit of a he is a visionary i mean uh, yeah. um, um I've actually worked with him a bit uh, in really? the past, even before SpaceX. Really, and he—he's uh, very—he's uh, uh, incredibly driven. His self-confidence is through the roof. Yes. This guy's amazing. Yes, uh, I've only—I wish—I wish I had that kind of self-confidence. Yeah. But he is his—and uh, uh, he's brilliant. He's a brilliant thinker. Yes. Um, but he—he—he he, he does see that you know. I mean, he—he just—he wants to get from his house to Hawthorne, um, California, where, where they work, where, where the where the SpaceX is. He went. He wants. He doesn't want to have, to have to get a helicopter. He doesn't want to have to get wait in traffic. He wants. He wants. A, he, he actually wants our world to be efficient, and and he wants our problems on this problem to be solved so that he so can, that we can have Earth move, have people coming back and forth from Earth to Mars. If Earth falls apart There's because no, we yeah. haven't been taking care of it, his vision for going to Mars is going to die with him. With yeah. it because. We need Earth to be a strong home base. Yes. Um, wherever we go, and so that if we don't take care of this little planet of ours, you know, nothing else um, is going to work. We're in deep trouble. So, and he has been you know, with 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 Tesla, his his battery his ba battery banks, mm -hmm. um, his ideas, the solar the solar cells, the wonderful solar cell designs that this, the people are working on for him uh, for that, that looks like roof tile mm -hmm. I mean, he's trying to make it he's trying to make it so that our world can be self-sufficient and and uh and i appreciate that from him he's, he, but i think it's all part of his strategy to to get to make mars. sure that yeah yeah well and not just to get to mars but be, to be a space-faring yes uh, civilization um and to take the civilization to another place yes um but uh uh, we definitely have to start working together, though. I mean, this is this is something that's really scary to me. Is is that we, uh, you know, the more we are yelling at each other, it's it's terrible. The more we, the, the more the less we talk, the, the more realization there are no bad guys. The people are just trying to live their lives. Yeah, just um, slight disagreements, but, just yeah. Yeah, and the, and 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 thing is, that's how you know solving problems is is by working together. I mean, yes. there's nothing we do at I like we do at JPL, which is which is uh, that you can say, um, one person told everyone what to do. Now, not, there's no one in charge. It's there's somebody has to be a buck stop per here person for making ultimate decisions and flipping the the big coin. Mm -hmm. You know, when time makes, we have to choose to path A or path B. And mm -hmm. uh, we've got all the information, we got all the pros and cons for each of them. Um, everyone's got to set their vote in. It's okay. I'm going to flip the coin and going going to B. Yeah, and you've got to commit, and yeah. you need that, and to make full pro forward progress, yes. you've got to be able to make baseline decision. But uh, but uh, we need people to, to for the, I mean for this to work, you have to work together as a team. You have to listen everybody and you have to listen to small voices and big voices it's not just the loud people yeah. it's not just the people who 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 are who have the megaphone. You know, so everybody brings something to the table there's nobody who doesn't know something there's nobody that who know that that there's nobody that doesn't know something that you already know they, they are, i'm not saying that right yeah, now. i know you're I, saying there's no one there, there's no one in the world knows that knows something everybody knows something that you don't know that everyone else everyone has their own unique piece of the puzzle Right, and they everyone everyone Every knows human, something yes. that you don't know, and you have to be respectful take and it in. quiet yeah. enough to let listen listen to them. And so this is something that is so fundamental to the work that we do at JPL. Yeah. So fundamental for successful engineering, 
getting groups of people with all this diverse skills, with all these diverse backgrounds from people from every country in the world to, to work together to, to make something extraordinary happen. Yeah. And I, and for us as Americans to be extraordinary, to continue to be an amazing place, we have to fall in love with that idea. Yes. We have to fall in love with listening and working together. Yeah. And and getting our hands dirty, and, rolling and, up our sleeves, yeah. and getting out there. Yeah. And, and uh, arguing and not, is good. Yeah. Arguing is good. You talk about it in your. You'd say, you "Guys, went to the retreat. Everyone, be quiet, and you go around. No writing down. No scoffing. You say your ideas. And once you go around the circle, you do it a second time, and then a third time. And people leave with, "Oh my God, the feeling of I'm being listened to. We need to do that exactly. now. We need to do that That's now." Right. That's right, and only and and you don't have to agree with the decisions. No, no just, ultimately, just, but you have to if you know that that your your ideas are understood and acknowledged, and the risks, particularly the risks associated with not understanding what they're doing, is are well understood and acknowledged. People are willing to go with those ideas. Yes. It's okay. They understand what I'm talking about. They acknowledge it, and they're they're respectful of the idea. Yeah, but but. Um, I think that's this is so essential to to for humanity working together to solve problems. And so I'm very, you know, one of the things that's so wonderful about my job is I get to work with this incredible diversity of people from all over, not just not just in JPL, not just in NASA, but all over the aerospace world, and even outside the United States. Um, and uh, um, we're, our, we're, our goals are to be successful and yes. work together and and acknowledge our. Uh, uh, that we need each other to yes. succeed, and uh, and 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 that's so cool because we actually do it. Yes, I mean this is not something that is not just it's conceptual not idea. idea. This yeah. is actually something that happens, and what results in is this amazing missions where you land. In our case, collecting samples we brought back to Earth, which is what the next mission on Mars is going to do. It's going to collect samples and drop them off on the surface of. Of Mars for a mission called Mars Science Sample Return, which will come in and grab it. Another rover is going to pick it up, put him in a rocket, and nose cone, <laughs> launch that rocket into outer space. That nose, a little ball about the size of a basketball with 30 some samples in it, are going to be rotating around Mar- Mars for a number of years. And another spacecraft, like um, from grab now, it. looking at a European spacecraft, is going to come up, gobble it up, and Amer- an American uh, uh, space capsule is attached to that and it's going to drop it off in Utah. In the, in the early 1930s and so so 2030s. this is a sample return mission and it's something we're doing very soon and we're we're making this happen it's 202 and, uh, i said i would let you go at two i could talk to you forever rob manning i yeah. i hope i can get you back on here for a part two because I, I i i love to hear you talk i don't oh, you're welcome I, well i have a lot to say so uh please it's, there's a lot of cool things so i need to run yes sir um, i need i've got another meeting but uh we'll schedule something in a few months yes sir yes sir weeks, some weeks so. I'll, I'll email hey you tell me what day and i'll and it will happen okay. you want it okay. next Thanks. week or in february you tell me okay it'll happen how about how, about, how we do this uh, uh toward the end of the year towards the end of the year yeah yes sir it is my podcast okay. is your podcast Thank right. you so much, Mr. Manning. Thank you so much. God bless. You're welcome, And sir. I will happily pay your salary for the rest of my life. You're doing God's work. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thanks. You have Take a good care. one. Bye, Tony. Bye, Bye-bye. Tony. Goodbye. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Got the bug bite? I have uh, some sort of uh, bug bite.